We're going to fly away. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to Youth Sunday. Welcome. I'm Chris. I'm Billy. <laughs> You're not Billy. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. You're not Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess not. All right. Well, on May the 4th, Star Wars Day, is the National Day of Prayer. We'll be meeting at Pikeville City Park at noon. Everyone is invited to come. Seniors, you all need to turn in your photos for the senior slideshow. Chris needs them by email. And it needs to be 12 through 13 Frixers from baby till now. He needs them ASAP. Special thanks to everyone who made Youth Sunday possible. Not just the people on stage, but the media team, greeters, ushers, and especially us. <laughs> Children's Church, there's no third and fourth grade classes today. They can stay here with us. It's going to be exciting. Toddlers through second grade are now dismissed. Today the band will be playing at different times throughout the service. Feel free to remain seated or to worship as you please during these times. Now prepare to engage with us, each other, and God as we go through our service together. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, please never let us be so busy that we can't hear your voice. Please, Lord, I pray if we give up, keep us going. I pray that you give us strength during our weaknesses. I pray that you make our homes peaceful and our effort, efforts fruitful. Lord, I ask that you fix our eyes on you at all times and help us trust in you. Amen. Join us this morning as we read God's word from Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. May God pour out his richest blessings on the reading and hearing of his word today. Amen. What is prayer anyway? Sometimes we think prayer is nothing more than beautiful words to a God that we can't even imagine. But really, prayer is a conversation with the person who loves you the most in this world. Before we begin youth each week, we take prayer requests out loud. The request that we get the most is for the unspoken, things we just cannot find the words to say out loud. The good thing with God is he just wants us to come to him with an open heart and an understanding that he truly hears our prayers and cares about us enough that he even hears the, the, he even hears the cries of our heart. He just wants to hear from you. Our Father, who are in heaven. Yes. Don't interrupt me. I'm praying. But you called me. Called? I didn't call you. I'm praying. Our Father, who art in heaven. There. He did it again. Did what? Called me. You said, Our Father, who art in heaven. And so, here I am. What's on your mind? I didn't mean anything by it. 
I'll just say my prayers. I always say my prayers. Makes me feel good, like I'm getting my duty done. All right, go on. Hallowed be thy name. Hold it. What do you mean by that? By what? By hallowed be thy name. Well, uh, good grief. I don't know what it means. What does it mean? It means honored, holy, wonderful. Well, I never knew what it meant, but that makes sense now. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you really mean that, Molly? Sure, why not? Then what are you doing about it? Doing? Nothing. But you know what I think would be really cool? If you had control of everything down here, just like you do up there. Have I got control of you, Molly? Well, I go to church. That isn't what I asked you. What about that habit of talking behind other people's backs and your bad temper and then your greediness to spend all of your money only on yourself? And what about those bad TikToks you watch and the snaps you send to your boyfriend? Stop picking on me. I'm just as good as other phonies down there at church. Excuse me. I thought you were praying for my will to be done. If that is to happen, it has to start with the ones who are praying for it, like you. All right. I guess I do have some bad hang-ups now that you mention it. I could probably name a few. <laughs> so could I. <laughs> All right. I haven't thought about it in a while, but I would like to change some things. I'd like to be a better person. Good. Now we are getting somewhere. We will work on you, and then I can have some victories that can truly be won. I'm proud of you, Molly. Um, Lord, can we kind of wrap this up? It's taking a little bit longer than normal. Give us our daily bread. <laughs> I think you need to cut down on the bread. <laughs> what? What is this day? Criticize me day? Here I am, just doing my religious duties, and then you barge in and remind me of all my hang-ups. Praying is a dangerous thing. That's what I'm trying to get across to you. You called me, and here I am. It's too late to stop now. I'm very interested in the next part of your prayer. I'm scared. Scared? Of what? Of what you're going to say. Try me and see. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. What about Chris? I knew it. I knew you would bring up Chris. He's such a weirdo. He wears those red shoes all the time. He has no hair. And have you heard him sing? It's pitiful. He can't stay on pitch at all. And he drives that old car around acting like it's just going to last forever. He's embarrassed me one too many times. I swear I'll get him back. Well, what about your prayer? I didn't mean it. Well, at least you're honest. But it's not much fun carrying around that bitterness, is it? Nope. But I'll feel better as soon as I get him back. I've got some big plans for old Chris. He'll wish he never used me as an example in his sermon. You won't feel any better. In fact, you'll only feel worse. Revenge isn't sweet. Just imagine how unhappy you already are. But I can change all of that. You can? How? Forgive Chris, then I can forgive you. And then it is not your problem anymore. You're set free from that as holding you down. You may not get even, but it will at least settle your heart. I can't, Lord. I cannot forgive Chris. Then I cannot forgive you. All right. As much as I want revenge, I want to be right with you, Lord. I forgive Chris. Help him to find the right road. I think about him a lot and how you can really use him. There now. How do you feel? 
Not bad. Not bad at all. Actually, I feel pretty good. Good. You're not there with your prayer. Go on. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Good. I'll do just that. Just don't put yourself in places where you can be tempted. What do you mean by that? Quit hanging around the wrong places. Watching inappropriate TikToks and YouTube videos and having simple conversations with some friends that you may need to rethink. Don't be fooled. They advertise that they're having fun, but in reality, it is just leading to your destruction. And don't use me for an escape hatch. I don't understand that part. Sure you do. You've done it lots of times. You get caught in a bad situation, you run into trouble, and you come running to me. Lord, help me out of this mess, and I promise, I promise I'll never do it again. Do you remember some of those bargains that you've tried to make with me over the years? Yes, I do, and I'm really ashamed. You know, all I thought I had to do up until now was just say my prayers and go on with, de- with my day as I wanted to. I never expected all this to happen. No one ever does. Go ahead, finish your prayer. For thine in the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Do you know what would really bring me happiness? What would bring me all the glory? I want to know, Lord. I really, really want to know. Oh, Lord, I think now I'm beginning to understand what it means to be a follower of yours. I love you, Lord. You just answered my question. I did? Yes. The one thing that will bring me glory is to have people like you truly love me. Truly, truly love me. And I can see that happening between us now. Now that some of these old sins are out of the way and you and I are really communicating, there is no telling what we can do together. Do you think we can talk like this again more often? Yes, Molly. Let's really talk like this from now on. Prayer has been a big part of our community and world these past few months. From the loss of several local students and several national tragedies, prayer is the power we have to rely on in order to keep going. What do you need to give to God today in prayer? As we get ready to sing this next worship song, please take a moment of silence for the families of Tyler Maggard, Andrew Allen, and Kylie Clark, and also to lift your concerns to our loving God.
Good morning. Um, my name is Carson Ratliff, and I'm just going to talk just a little bit about the mission trip. So last year in 2022, that was my first mission trip that I was able to go on with the youth group. And the best way that I know to tell you all what it is, is I wrote that it's a time to escape all the noise of all your surroundings and focus on your relationship with yourself and God. And so as we were going to Western Kentucky, a lot of my friends, they were confused as to like why we were going all the way to Western Kentucky to, to help these people. Like there's people that need help here. And like, I don't, I can't think of a better way to like show God than through the help of a stranger. Like those people didn't know who we are. They just knew we were here to help. But even more, it did help everybody here because the mission trip wouldn't have impacted me as much as it did if I wouldn't have been able to get away from the noise here. And just every, just all the noise and just everything that got, all the craziness of here, I just, I left it all behind and for a week it was just between me and God and everybody that was there around me. And so what it did for me was it helped me realize that all the ways that I needed God in my life. See, at that point, I was just letting God play in the parts that I wanted him to play in. I wasn't letting him play in all the parts of my life. The mission trip helped me show compassion and kindness to others. And that was just something that I just struggled with for, the while, for a long time. But then after that mission trip, it really just opened up my heart to everybody that was there. And to just all the people back here. And it was just so awesome just to watch everyone around me just change and just have such a good time there as we were doing it. And I didn't really realize it until I came back here and I could see how, much, how happier everybody was and just how much of a happier person that I was after it. And it just truly changed my life in more than one way. And I'm so thankful for that. And I'm so excited for the next one. Thank you. The first way you can help us with this summer mission trip is to pray that we will be open to what God is asking of us. Another way you can help is by helping with our fundraising efforts. We are going to take up an offering, and if you would like to donate, please place your donation in the envelopes labeled Youth Mission. You may also place your donation in the wooden box on your way out. We are so thankful for the love and support we have from our church family. You may be wondering, what is youth group anyway? On Wednesdays, we dive deep into topics about salvation, who is Jesus in your life, dating, friendship, family, and so much more. We talk out loud about prayer requests and our own personal struggles. We are a family, loving and supporting each other and seeking to be more like Christ. We are blessed enough to have an amazing band that sings something different every Wednesday night and fortunate enough to have two of the most caring people, Chris and Billy, to help us further our relationship with Christ and learn more about him. What you see today is just a glimpse of how our youth group is trying to spread the gospel. So if you know a kid who is lost, looking for a youth group, or needs some spiritual guidance, please tell them about us. We are always on Wednesday nights at 6.30. And if you are that kid, we'd love to see you next Wednesday. What youth group means to me. As many of you may not know, I do not live in Pockville, nor do I go to school anywhere around here. I've always wanted to go to youth group, but that was something that was never available where I live. 
I stumbled upon this group by accident from a friend of my brother's, and I knew this is exactly what I've always wanted. I came here for the first time by myself without knowing a single other person, and they instantly took me in and treated me like I belonged. This youth group is more than just a once-a-week meeting. It's a loving and caring family that has been there for me when I needed them most. I drive an hour here from school each week, and I would gladly double that for what this group adds to my life. Wednesday nights have now become the highlight of my week, and I feel closer to God when I'm here. New Beginnings Youth Group has forever left a major impact on my life. What is your circumstance? You know, the cards you have been dealt. We aren't all given the same circumstance, but we all do have access to the same God, an all-knowing, all-loving Christ. More importantly than wanting anything else, God wants us to want a relationship with him, and he wants us to use the cards we have been dealt to bring him glory. So what cards can you use today to see God yourself and help others see him through you? Have you ever thought about the cards you've been dealt? Have you ever taken the time to examine life as if it were a hand of cards? Some of you would look at your life and say, I have a great hand. I want to keep them all. And some of you would look at the hand you've been dealt and say, These cards are rough and bitter. If I could just exchange them for new cards, then I would be okay. You see, you can't trade the cards you've been given in life. These are your cards whether you like the way they feel or not. It's funnier how in life we look at the uglier cards that we don't necessarily want anybody else to see. We often try to hide behind the more noble, significant, prettier cards. It's human nature, I guess. But deep down, we know these are our cards. There's no escaping them. They're who we are. These cards, these cards make up who we are. You're all in. But what if we just took the time to look at the cards we've been given in life? Where do they come from? Was it just life? Or coincidence? Or was it God? Some of you would say, Why would an all-loving, all-caring God knowingly give me these cards? If he really loved me, would he give me this card? It's the card of pain. It's the cards we don't like to talk about. Cards of depression, rejection, abuse, divorce, even death. These are real cards, but there are some good cards in our life. Think back to the first time you made your dad laugh as a kid. When you tied your shoe for the first time. Your first annual report card. Your first kiss. Your first job. The first time you stood up for yourself. These are the cards we're proud of. These are the cards that we play over and over again. Because these are the pretty cards. It's a sad fact. But it's true. That we really care about what other people think. These are our favorite cards. The cards we like to show other people. But what does God think? <clears throat> if God were to choose these cards, what would those look like? More than likely, they wouldn't all be happy cards. But they would be an array of both good and bad cards. We as humans do not like the hard cards in life. We try to avoid these like the plague. But don't discount the fact that God may have a purpose for these cards. God wants us to use the disappointing cards as the cards that fill us up with hope and joy. So God, these aren't a bunch of good and bad cards. They're just cards, cards that bring him glory. Cards that reveal that it's his story, not our story. And cards that may even give us a glimpse of what heaven is like. Are we just gonna pretend that we're dealing with our cards? Are we gonna hide behind the more glamorous cards? Or even hide behind cards that don't belong to us? Because it's comfortable, it's safe. But if we do that, are we missing out on all things God has planned for us? Are we missing out on all the rich lessons we could be learning from God's kingdom? From his view, you could have been given the best hand you could have ever imagined. As for me, I'm going to play the cards that I have been dealt.
used to wonder why we talked about Jesus every Sunday. There's 66 books in the Bible, and four of them are about Jesus. And we hear about David and Solomon, you know, occasionally. They visit us, but uh, Jesus makes a weekly appearance. The other Abrahamic faiths, the Muslims and the Jews, they don't put that much emphasis on Jesus. The Muslims believe he was a great prophet, but deny his divinity. The Jews reject him altogether as a blasphemer. They don't, they don't emphasize him like we do, and that's part of the problem. The message of the Old Testament is that every man and every woman will be held accountable for their own actions. And as you read further into it, you start to realize what a desperate, heavy claim that is. Your sins start to pile up, and you realize that there's nobody who's coming to help you. Moses can't wash you clean. Abraham can't make you holy. And it's brutal, and it's completely fair. Every man and woman will be held accountable for their own actions. So at the end of the Old Testament, we're left desperate and fearing for our souls. Because in being shown God's perfect justice, we realize that there's nothing we can do to make ourselves worthy of his perfect kingdom. We've locked ourselves out of eternity with every black line, every harsh word we've ever spoken. But there was a man. God sent his son who died in our place. That sets us free. And he walked on the third day, and that proves that the king has the authority to forgive our sins. God so loved the world that he sent his son so that anyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Jesus says that he is the life, and we say his name every Sunday because he makes us pure. And the good news is I know that he can do for you. 
So when we are in church, it's so easy for us to get so excited about the worship music, sermon, the fellowship. But, you know, oftentimes we find ourselves making excuses as to why we don't then go out and share the gospel with people not in our immediate circle. I know I wouldn't be where I am if people didn't share the gospel. So, you know, we can give our neighbors food, water, shelter, anything. But if you don't give them Jesus, then you have failed them. It's as simple as that. See, in youth group every week, Chris and Billy ask us to give it, to share our examples of how we've shared the gospel within the past week. And a lot of times people say they haven't shared because they don't know what to say. So we've been given a simple acrostic to help us with our words when it comes to sharing the gospel. G, God created us to be with him. O, our sins separate us from God. S, sins cannot be repaid by good deeds. P, praying the price Jesus died and rose again. E, everyone who believes can have everlasting life. L, life with Jesus begins now and lasts forever. That's the gospel method. <laughs> if a dog can do it, y'all can do it. So. Listen, 1 Timothy 2.4 tells us that God wants all people so every person in here to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth your purpose is to be obedient and God's purpose is the rest so it's your job to plant a seed and let God grow it you can water it but God grows it 
So just think, you might be the only Jesus someone sees. You might be the only source of the Bible that someone has. So make every moment count is what I get from that. So listen, God calls every one of you just as you are. He doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. So what's God calling you to do today? Who do you know that needs to hear the gospel? We all know somebody. So my challenge for everyone in here, us youth group, me, everyone, is that within this next week that you would share the gospel with somebody. So for those of you all who don't know me, I'm Maddie Williams. I graduated last year. Um, so I've done Youth Sunday every year since 2017. So when Billy asked me to come up here and speak, I was like, yes, let's go. So um, at this time, we would like to recognize our volunteers. It takes a lot of time and devotion to make what happens here successful. It's important to us that the volunteers know how much they are appreciated. If you help with youth group, including Wednesday nights, trips, or any other way, Please stand at this time. Thank you. Also at this time, we wanted to talk a little bit about legacy. Chris always teaches us about legacy and how important the legacy we leave is. As a current college student, I wanted to take a second to say how much the impact he has had on me and how he's helped my life. So going into college, one of my biggest concerns is that I wasn't going to find a group like my youth group. Because I have this thought, and it's true, I'll tell you this now, is that our group isn't like any other youth group out there. Um, so going into college, I was worried. I was really, really nervous, to be honest. Because a lot of times you can find groups, but they have this aspect that's just the dodgeball and pizza aspect of Christ that you kind of get with youth group. But here, that's not what you get you get the heart aspect of Christ. And the heart aspect of Christ is completely different. It's the kind of thing that just powers everything you do. It's the kind of thing, it's like you wake up and it's the first thing you want to do. You want to talk about Christ and you want to know Christ because to know the heart of Christ is to change you. And so going into college, I ended up finding a group, and it's a group that I really, really liked. And because I was so involved back home, I really wanted to be involved there. So the first thing I did was is I joined a small group for freshmen, which is called a shift group. And then I went to the worship nights. And then I went to the pancake nights that they had. And then I got to intern there this, sem this semester. And then I got to go to Israel. And then, now I guess, I get to be a shift group leader next semester. And still, even with all of that, I can say this, that there is no other group <laughs> like this youth group. It's the kind of group that no matter how far away you are, you're still going to love them, and they're still going to love you, and you're going to miss them. Because even with all the things I've done there, even with all the other things that I'm going to do, it's still not the same. It's still not home, because I know home is always here. So thank you all. At this time, if there are any former youth students present, we would like you to stand. We'd also like to ask the seniors to stand. Chris, this is your legacy. Thank you so much for everything.
Most Christians struggle at one time or another, and some all the time. With the pain of suffering and questions about how, if at all, what we're going through fits into God's plan for our spiritual growth. We are reminded in Philippians 1.6, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Baptism marks not the, com the completion of God's work in us, but the start. Once we surrender our lives to Christ, he begins to chisel away the parts of us that keep us from looking more like him. It's painful and sometimes hard to grasp, but always necessary for us to be in God's will for our life. What do you need God to chisel out of your life today? As you listen to the sound of the chisel, remember the price Christ paid for you and me. Won't you accept that gift today? Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, in essence, his masterpiece. Now, I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, I don't feel like a masterpiece, more like a Picasso, but I want to be a masterpiece. I want to be everything God has called us to be. So I go to him and I pray, dear Lord, take the things out of my life that don't need to be there and allow me to be more like your son, Christ Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Hi. Who are you? I'm God. No, you're not. Uh, yes, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Here I am. If you're God, then make it snow in here. If I made it snow in here, it'd get pretty yucky, and I really don't want to do that. You're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. Uh, yes, I would. It's a Greek word. <laughs> well, if you're God, then what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Well, Lamentations is a really short book. It only has five chapters. Why is it so short? I got tired of lamenting. <laughs> okay. Well... If you're God, then who's going to win the World Series this year? You know what? I'm not so much into playing games. Why are you so into playing games? You are God. Why do you say that? You answered my question with the question. I did? Oh, I did, didn't I? See, I did it again. All right, let's get started. So, what's all this about? These are the tools I'm going to use to form you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Wait, aren't you a carpenter? No, that's my son. Now let's get started. So... How do you know what to chisel and what to leave? I chisel all the stuff in your life that you don't really need, kind of like dead weight. Speaking of dead weight, can you chisel like right in here and here, you know? I've watched my diet, I've exercised, I can't get rid of it. You're funny. You made me that way. All I'm saying is that when it comes to this process, most of my children just like to talk and they really don't want to do the work. So what do you want to do? Do you want to talk or are you going to let me chisel? Not me, bring on the chisel. All right, here we go. Through the Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things you need to work on, like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. You compare yourself to other people instead of comparing yourself to me. Ow! You're really lazy, but you make yourself seem like you're really, really busy. I mean, I think I'm doing pretty good. You are doing pretty good, but when you look in that mirror over there, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep on chiseling because ultimately you and others need to see my son. Well, don't misunderstand me or anything, but when I start to look more like Jesus, people get weird around me. Even my friends at church are like, oh, you're so holier than thou. Why won't you do this? So what you're saying is that you would rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life? I didn't say that. It's what you meant. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just hard to talk to you. You know everything I'm thinking. Let's take a little break, a little time out. I'll stay right here. But that's just it. You never stay right here. You're either moving toward me or away from me. What you're doing right now is common. It's called controlling. So do you want to control or can I chisel? No, chisel. All right, here we go. But can we chisel where I want to chisel? That's called control. Okay. This right here, this secret sin that you run to whenever you're hurting, tired, lonely, or angry, you think you're fooling everybody, but you're really just a whitewashed tomb. 
Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? But it hurts. This hurts me a lot more than it hurts you. I'm sorry, I just don't think you understand this pain. Excuse me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot. Okay, don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son down to die on this earth for sin and for pain, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. You know what the definition of insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting different results. And that's the, exactly the way that you're living your life right now. It's insane. Allow me to chisel this out of your life. Allow me to produce character where you focus so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking that maybe we could... Your thoughts are not my thoughts. But what if we went this way and... Your ways are not my ways. Look, I can't. You can't what? I can't be good. You can't be good. That's your excuse. It's not an excuse. I just can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning, I created you to be good. Now be good. What? Nothing. You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something that one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, I've let you down so many times. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Don't you ever forget that. I hold you up in this relationship. Okay, chisel away. Just be prepared for what you are going to find. Because I know in there who's in there. Because I get up every morning, and I look in the mirror, and I hate who I see. Because deep down inside is this scared little kid who gets up every day and dresses like an adult and tries to go out and do what they're supposed to do. But I can't do what I'm supposed to do. I can't be who everyone expects me to be. I can't be who I want to be, much less than who you created me to be. So deep down inside this scared, stupid little kid, you just chisel away. Just be prepared. You've listened for far too many voices that aren't of me. You think you're junk, don't you? Listen, I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love stretches as far as the east is from the west? How can I show you that my love has no end? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back oh pocket. Oh my god. Yes? Oh, um, I was just saying, oh my god, I'll do that right now. You were saying my name in vain. You know, it's just a name or a saying. It's the name above all names. It's a saying above sayings. I want to teach you something about my name. Go on, read it. <laughs> This is a note from middle school. Where'd you get it? Hello? Oh, yeah. I love Justin Bieber. The other side. Oh, that, that makes more sense. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know that I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say that you want to use me? But I feel so useless. If you'll take me and use me, God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much to leave you where you're at. So this salvation that you hold, don't let it become some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work out every detail of your life. And when problems come or chaos happens, look to it as a father disciplining his child. A father disciplines one that he loves. But it's going to be tough. Yes, it will be tough. But take good cheer, because I've overcome the world. You bought into the lie thinking that everything would be easy when you turned everything over to me. I want you to try something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Livy is God's original masterpiece. Livy is... No, not the way that you see yourself, the way you fear others see you, but the way I see you, the way I created you to be. Livy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And you are too. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. And so just like this morning... I think the Spirit of God is moving so much right now that there's really nothing I can say for an invitation. But this youth group believes 
that Jesus is real and relevant. And what you've seen this morning is not a performance. It has been a proclamation. And we are proclaiming the message that God loves you. And as Billy always says, he loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. And so this morning, we believe that God wants to bring you something new to your life. He says, behold, I make all things new. And I'm thankful that I have a God who not only made me new two years ago when I received him, but he makes me new every single day. And so this morning, we're going to invite you that if God's dealing with your heart, maybe you need to receive him for the first time. Maybe you just need to give him your stress and your anxieties. Or maybe you just need to take that next step in your relationship with him. Whatever it is, I promise someone will pray with you. We invite you to come forward as we sing these last few songs. Kings, he is, he is, helper in 
I did not cry at all. How awesome is this? Right? Yeah. It's their heart to expose you to Jesus in a brand new way. They want to point you to the cross as hard as they can. Um, they, if you've not felt that today, they've unzipped, they, they have literally unzipped their heart and, and, and just poured it out for you. Um, and we, we can't say thank you enough for being here, for your prayers, your support, and everything that we do. Um, me and Billy get to be just a small part of their lives, and we can't thank you enough for letting us walk with them along this journey. It means more to us than we could ever say. So we wondered, how are we going to end? We said we want to end with this prayer for you. All around you, 
Let's pray, Heavenly Father. You are Yahweh, name above all names, King of all kings, Lord of lords. God, we're so thankful for these hearts that have surrendered and, and, and given themselves as clay to the potter. God, we pray that we would surrender, that hearts around this room would just be surrendered to you so that your will in heaven will be done on an earth. And when we say on earth, we mean in Pikeville, Pikeville Elementary School, Pikeville High School, at Shelby Valley, at Pike Central, at Mullins in the workplaces, and the hospitals, and the, the government, and the, in this place, that you would work through your people to make your son known, to be real and relevant in our community. We are, we are thankful that as we stand firm, it is, it is in your mighty power that we stand firm. And as, as we face persecution, we struggle, we know that we are simply just a clay vessel with your shining light within. We, we, we know that we may be hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We know that we may be pursued from, from all advantages that, that track down, but we are never abandoned. God, we thank you as our Father, and we worship you. We, we, we just There's hearts around this room willing, I know, to lift their hands right now in this moment. As we lay our own lives down and we worship you, we take this minute where maybe we'd like to move on to the next thing in our Sunday, but God, we're going to put that on pause right now. And maybe we've, you've not done this for a while, maybe we've not done this for a while, but we're going to lift our hands and say, I'm sorry. 
for worshiping my day and myself and my own agenda and my own dreams. And right now, God, we lay it down at your feet. We are but lumps of clay. We trust you to be the potter to chisel. And in this service and in this place, we know this just isn't a moment in time that comes and fades. We're part of a, a movement of that God is doing through his people because he loves everyone in this community, not just a few, every single one. And we want them all to know it. We want everybody to have the opportunity to receive your son. God, we pray that just collectively in this place, we could be like Peter. We could hear your two words, follow me. And immediately, right now in this moment, I know there's others with me, laying their nets down and going. We trust you. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.